Welcome to the Waste Not What Not podcast. I'm Philippa Ross, human ecologist, enthusiologist, author and energy healer, bringing you inspirational interviews, news and tips to rebuild the relationship between people and the planet the way nature intended by revitalising our natural resources, minimising waste and maximising human potential. I trust you'll discover seeds of hope for a vibrant future so you can cultivate and transform them to suit your own lifestyle in order for us to collectively create a world where reverence for the diversity of all life is honoured. You'll find all the show notes in the description and lots more about me and my work at philipparos.com. And don't forget, if you like what you hear, be sure to share far and wide. Hello, Wastebusters. Welcome to episode 43. Today, I'm starting in the same manner I normally sign off, asking you to open your mind to a world of possibilities so you really appreciate the amazing journey my guest Keith Jackson has been on in the past year, finding himself in a role that was way beyond the realms of anything he previously could have conceived was feasible. But first, it feels apt to share the eerie, funny and tender snippets from William Shatner, a.k.a. Captain Kirk, of Starship Enterprise's new book, Boldly Go, Reflections on a Life of Awe and Wonder, because he talks about how his perceptions were shattered when he experienced a different sort of reality on his real-life trip out of the Earth's atmosphere on a space shuttle last year at the tender age of 90. In training, they were escorted to a thick cement room with oxygen tanks. When you casually asked what the room was for, was told in an equally casual manner, oh, you guys will rush in here if the rocket explodes. He's thinking to himself, uh-huh, a safe room, 11 stories up, in case the rocket explodes. Well, at least they thought of it, he says. Takeoff was intensified when they were told there was a slight anomaly in the engine. An anomaly being something that doesn't belong. I'm not sure that it's not too concerning with the level of reassurance he was looking for. But 30 seconds later, all was well and the crew were orbited into space. William conjures up a hilarious description of his experience of travelling through the G-forces to zero weightlessness thinking his face would turn to mush and that his 90-year-old body didn't feel like it would survive. While fellow travellers were trying somersaults and experimenting with the effects of weightlessness, he talks about his need to get to the window as quickly as possible to see what was out there, then goes on to explain. I looked down. I could see the hole that our spaceship had punched in the thin, blue-tinged layer of oxygen around the Earth. It was as if there was a weight trailing behind where we'd just been, and just as soon as I noticed it, it disappeared. I continued my self-guided tour and turned my head to face the other direction to stare into space. I love the mystery of the universe. I love all the questions that have come to us over thousands of years of exploration and hypotheses. Stars exploding years ago, their light travelling to us years later. Black holes absorbing energy, satellites showing us entire galaxies in areas thought to be devoid of matter entirely. All of that has thrilled me for years, but when I looked into the opposite direction, into space, there was no mystery, no majestic awe to behold. All I saw was death. I saw a cold, dark, black emptiness. 
It was unlike any blackness you can see or feel on Earth. It was deep, enveloping, all-encompassing. I turned back towards the light of home. I could see the curvature of Earth, the beige of the desert, the white of the clouds and the blue of the sky. It was life, nurturing, sustaining life. Mother Earth, Gaia, and I was leaving her. Everything I had thought was wrong. Everything I had expected to see was wrong. I had thought that going into space would be the ultimate catharsis of that connection I'd been looking for between all living things. That being up there would be the next beautiful step to understanding the harmony of the universe. It was amongst the strongest feelings of grief I have ever encountered. The contrast between the vicious coldness of space and the warm nurturing of Earth below filled me with an overwhelming sadness. Every day we are confronted with the knowledge of further destruction of Earth at our hands, the extinction of animal species, of flora and fauna, things that took five billion years to evolve and suddenly we will never see them again because of the interference of man. It filled me with dread. My trip to space was supposed to be a celebration. Instead, it felt more like a funeral. This overview effect is not uncommon among astronauts. Essentially, when someone travels to space and views Earth from orbit, a sense of the planet's fragility takes hold in an effable, instinctive manner. Author Frank White first coined the term in 1987, there are no borders or boundaries on our planet except those that we create in our minds or through human behaviours. All the ideas and concepts that divide us when we're on the surface begin to fade from orbit and the moon. The result is a shift in worldview and in identity. It can change the way we look at the planet, but also other things like countries, ethnicities, religions, it can prompt an instant re-evaluation of our shared harmony and a shift in focus to all the wonderful things we have in common instead of what makes us different. It reinforced tenfold my own view on the power of our beautiful, mysterious, collective human entanglement and eventually it returned to a feeling of hope in my heart. In this insignificance we share, we have one gift that other species perhaps do not. We are aware, not only of our insignificance, but the grandeur around us that makes us insignificant. That allows us perhaps a chance to rededicate ourselves to our planet, to each other, to life and love all around us, if we seize that chance. Today's guest, Keith Jackson, has seized that chance, dedicating his life to lifting the levels of love and the vitality of human health. Sit back and enjoy how Keith has been challenged to boldly go into a totally new enterprise and how he's embraced being rocketed into the celestial realms where spirit is guiding him on ways to directly connect with the heart and souls of conscious beings. Welcome to the show, Keith. It's absolute delight to have you with me. Thank you very much, Philippa. It's an honour to be with you. I'm grateful for having this opportunity. Well, what an extraordinary journey you've had. Someone who has been general manager of a fertilizer company for 13 years and in the last six months, your role has completely changed. And rather than fertilizing the soil, 
you're kind of fertilizing humanity now and helping us all to grow in your role as a spiritual energy healer. <laughs> Perhaps you could enlighten yeah. the listeners as to what that actually involves. Yeah, that's a delightful way of putting fertilizer in context and the, and the historical and the now. I was with two fertilizer companies over the last 13 years, one in Christchurch and then most recently in Pukekohe. Our business closed its doors back in March this year, and the natural thing to do is to search for new roles. Yeah. And normally, it, over my years, it hasn't been difficult getting a new role, but it was. I probably applied for 20 or 30 jobs, and some of them were going exceptionally well. I spoke to many people, very, very happy, and you know what? nothing happened. And this happened time and time again, until I was advised, once I got into the spiritual journey side of it, that I was being blocked. So my spiritual healing practice was my new journey. So that summed things up and gave me a lot of clarity. And thank goodness gave me the reasons why I couldn't actually move forward in another role. Have you always had a connection in the spiritual realm? Because it's a huge leap. It's a quantum leap, which is basically the essence of the work that you're doing. How do you go from being general manager to spiritual energy healer? It's so vastly different. It is. It's a transformational jump, but part of my journey. So that's one of the first things that I did ask. And they advised this is part of my journey. So it was always going to happen because I questioned them, look, <laughs> I'm a mature stage of life. <laughs> and you think I could have done so much at an earlier stage, but it was all about experiencing life as we're here to do. And my journey on a spiritual side of it was to start this year. So I did have a spiritual association. I've been more spiritual than religious. I was brought up in a religious family, very, very loving, beautiful parents and siblings. But I had a more spiritual context to that rather than deeply religious. And that's followed through my life. So the jump wasn't huge. I used to meditate a lot and on and off over the years, but I, I very much enjoyed the meditation. And that's where the transaction happened was actually me meditating one day and my arms started moving around and all of a sudden I was doing this Tai Chi type art with my arms and hands and this just continued. So I think the first meditation that transformed into this new ability was for about an hour and it continued so for several weeks, which was me being gifted and preparing my body for the new abilities that I was having with communication with spirit and the many, many abilities that I have been gifted since then. So yeah, quite a transaction. Before you go on, when you say preparing your body, is that kind of like lifting your frequency so that you are connected to More the realms? Yeah? Yes. Yes, indeed. It is part of that. So, I mean, if you talk from a communication with spirit perspective, it's all a translation. They have their own language. We have our human language. Mine's English. So that's got to be understood by both. Okay, so we have the ability to do that. So it's more one sided. So they more understand my English than I do their CIFA language. But I'm learning that. Is CIFA so, like light language? Because that's the only other language that I've heard of. No. So CIFA is the general language that they communicate with in, in the universe. Light language is quite different. So light language is a healing language in its own right. 
And have you heard light language? I have, yes. I have a friend who does it, yeah. It's quite extraordinary. It is quite extraordinary. And one of the abilities that I've just been gifted over the last couple of days as well, they are quite different. The CIFA is just for my general communication list. So what are the gifts that you have been given? Well, the spiritual energy healing is the biggest part of it. So that's healing the the physical and the mental part of our bodies, if you like, the physiological and the psychological aspects of the body. So really, any illness, disease, uh, I'm advised that we can try and heal. Additionally, I do energy transformations. So we might clear bad energy, negative energy, if you like, dark energy out of buildings and from around people. Uh, because people can also attach to negative energy. Negative energy can be transferred from one person to another, but it certainly gets stuck in buildings and houses. And as you know, there are some people that have this beautiful nature and loving outgoingness in life and those that have a more darker side and probably into the sides of life that we normally wouldn't like associating with and that energy builds and that can sit in buildings Mm -hmm. and so we can clear that i do more interesting ones like long COVID and vax healing also on that same front is protection from airborne viruses which is something that spirit wants me to push more and more as well so that's protecting from things like COVID's colds and flus and anything new that's going to appear on the scene. And that seems right out there. And uh, believe you me, Philippa, I've questioned thoroughly these gifts that I have been given because, you know, I'm publicising this to the world. Yeah. So I need to feel 100% comfortable in my heart that we're doing this for the right reason. So I sort of get it peer-reviewed. My guides advise me and then I will go to my go-to girl in the universe, which is another feminine spirit, ask her. I'll also, if necessary, talk directly with God and get his opinion on some things. But it's very, very important that what I'm offering is very real and also rewarding for people. There's numerous other Communicating with spirits, I can do that. If people have, um, you know, missing persons, I'll quickly be able to tell whether they're in the earth plane or in the spiritual plane. Wow. So I think there's more opportunity for that side of things as well. There's a whole host of different things, removing trauma, removing karma, two very huge things to do, chakra alignments, aligning body rhythm, energy meridians. I seem to have the lovely opportunity to have many given and abilities given to me. Have you been advised as to, because uh, you mentioned earlier, so like why now, it's obviously that you've had the experience as to why now and what is the underlying reason? Is it just timely to, to help humanity grow? Yes, that's a really good question because you may have heard, you're a, I mean, you're a little bit involved in the healing world. And certainly with healers and those that do have the gift of working and dealing with spirit, there is a huge alignment going on at the moment with Earth in particular. So we're moving to what's called a new Earth. And part of the process happening at the moment is moving from a 3D to a 5D. So that's from the third dimension, where most of us technically operate, to the fifth dimension of where we need to be to be in that new earth framework. And the new earth framework is more spiritually aligned. So we'll be 
more our authentic selves, if you like, in the new earth. And it's not a new earth like there's going to be another planet, but there is going to be change. And there is certainly talk that all the varying weather patterns that we're having at the moment is part and parcel of that. So I expect that we'll have these fluctuating weather patterns for the next two years before they come. But there's a lot more to discuss on that subject. But that's pretty much what it's about. There's a huge change happening spiritually, and that will affect the human population. And there's more and more healers being given abilities, mm. young and old, young and mature, if, if you like. There's babies being born that have got healing abilities, uh, huge. Some coming through as directly spiritual rather than if you like human aligned, so it'll be more spiritually aligned. So you'll see more young children having spiritual healing abilities at a younger age. And they need to be guided by all us healers that are out here at the minute. Even teenagers are getting abilities. As I say, mature people like me are getting abilities. And this is all for the reason of change from the 3D to the 5D and the new earth. And the 3D, we are spiritual beings in a human form and moving to the 5D for those who perhaps it's a new thing, is it being more connected to our soul, our spiritual self and helping to animate that? And what kind of different way would we operate compared to, say, the 3D? It's a really good question. And I think the love and compassion that we have for each other will grow. We do become more authentic. So I think if you're authentic, you're speaking your truth and you're very caring both for yourself and also for others. So there's a lot of love and compassion all around. I'm certainly not saying that we're going to be perfect, although that would be nice, but I don't think there is any such thing. Even the universe, perfection isn't there. So that love, our alignment to spirit and our place where we've come from. So as you say, we are both spiritual and physical. So we've got a spiritual body that surrounds us, which is our auras, and our physical body. Now, we are basically one. We talk about two different bodies, but ideally they are one. Mm -hmm. So one can't operate without the other. The physical wouldn't be here. And the soul is part of both those. And I've got the ability that I talk with our souls. It's all about a spiritual alignment. That's what it is. And that comes from our heart, how we deal and relate to people, how we communicate, less greed, power that many people operate with, more yeah. working together and working together for the betterment of both the race, the population and the planet. And I guess really at the core of it, everybody has felt it, particularly in the last two and a half, three years. It's the judgment and it goes back in history so far as race, religion and all the rest of it. Was it Gandhi that said, you know, walking in somebody else's shoes? If we have compassion and empathy for someone, although we might not agree with the way they are operating in the world, at least we have an understanding of where they come from and we can embrace them and help them. I have a physical example. I used to work with horses at Quine Assisted Learning and I had a gang leader and his environment, his upbringing was all about protecting himself and being on guard in case he was attacked. And they used to guarding their backs in case they're approached and attacked from behind. So we walked into this field of 20 horses and his expectation was to be attacked. You had to be there to experience it. The horses made a circle on the perimeter of the field 
and every single one of them turned their back on him. And then one horse quietly walked up behind him and rested its nuzzle on his shoulder. It was quite mind-blowing. And then there was a horse in the not-too-far distance that was resting in the sunshine. His hoof was resting and the head was down. And he thought that the horse was going to attack him. And I said, well, tell me what you see. And he made the association with dog fighting. And it was so prevalent that until you have been in an environment and you understand the way that we perceive things using our senses on this realm, that that is all that we do see. And so we have to embrace everybody. And I just love the energy that is gathering momentum and the extraordinary work that you're doing to help people realign themselves with the essence of who they are. It's just amazing. It's actually mind-boggling, you know, the, the growth and spiritual energy and the abilities that people have. And I think the more you talk in that market, the more you realise just how many people do have these abilities and how many more people are actually coming in, yeah. you know, to change the space, so yeah. to speak. Getting back to animals, as humans, our senses, what we know, what we see, what we hear, are minimal minuscule if you like compared with animals yeah you know they see far more they hear far more they have a great vibration and communication between themselves and I'm lucky enough to be able to communicate with animals I get that insight as well so I can talk to the consciousness of a horse or I can talk to the soul of a horse and they're both very different talking to the soul of a horse it's very, very welcoming. And any soul, it's like this very, very welcoming. If I'm talking to your soul, which I have done, and you've seen the almost the overwhelming welcome that a soul can provide, because many of them haven't felt a human before. And of course, they see you as this wonderful energy and just want to touch your physical self. So most souls are like that. And animals are no different. Talking to the consciousness is a little bit different, still a welcoming you're actually having a conversation with the horse. Everything has a consciousness, and I'm lucky enough to be able to talk to pretty much anything that has a consciousness. So whether it's an animal, a bird, a desk, <laughs> um, tell the age of a piece of furniture just by asking them. Wow. Um, everything has a consciousness because everything is energy, and that is then related spiritually. So once again, and as you said, we're first and foremost spiritual being here uh, for a physical journey, most of us anyway, to learn and understand and hopefully align closer to our origin of spirit. But it's, it's a big task. It's a big, big task because we arrive here and we really don't know what we're doing. And we've got to work these things out. And that's part of the difficulty or the honour in finding our pathways. How do you describe consciousness? That's a good question. Well, let me put it this way. We have a subconscious. Pretty much everything that we do in life is run automatically by our subconscious because it's learnt behaviours, language. Everything that we do, if you like, is put into a big diary, if you like, in our brain. Yeah. And that's our subconscious, and it influences us. If we want to do something, it will say no. Yeah. No, you shouldn't do that. Or vice versa, go and do it. But it answers questions for us. So that's our subconscious. Our conscious is moving away from that and us becoming more controlled. Now, this is a little bit different to something being conscious or having consciousness. 
than being conscious. So, and I'll get I'll get to that. So we're moving from a subconscious, and we can choose to make our decisions consciously rather than them just be automated and our body, mind, and soul, if you like, doing it for us. This is part of healing process as well. It's all very well healing, but a lot of healing comes from a psychological level. You know, we've got to change what we have done in the past. We've got to change habits. We've got to change our mindset, which is a huge driver from our subconscious. Self-care, not putting ourselves down, respecting others, and having love for ourselves, looking after ourselves, and being in an environment and with people, a tribe that's got a good vibe. And I think we all know those that do and don't. There's those that don't have a good vibe and they're the energy people that, you know, we tend to keep away from. They can influence in ways that we don't want to be influenced and they're the ones that often carry a lot of negative energy. We have a subconscious and we have a consciousness. So we can choose to change our world, to go in the direction, to choose our pathway. In the alignment and talking to the soul, it will open you up to become more consciously aware of what is in that subconscious so that you can tend to it and make better choices, being more informed. Yes, absolutely. I'm learning to be a health and wellbeing practitioner at the moment. I'm doing it through this brilliant lady who's a genius. It's on a course and I'm doing it for 12 months. We've got another two months to go. And just learning and understanding holistically about the body has helped my pathway on this energy healing cycle Mm. hugely because you can relate to people. You can understand and have that compassion and empathy with them for their situation. And you can also talk about more than just healing. You know, what else needs to happen in their life for them to actually fully heal? Because you can physically heal, but as I was saying before, emotionally, Mentally, we need to heal. We need to do things different in order to set our avenues better. Part of the alignment and even getting from the third dimension to the fifth dimension, which is where we need to be for the new earth, aligning our chakras is a huge part of it. That lifts your dimension. So it's one of the key things that people need to do. Chakras get put out of alignment by trauma and karma. Trauma, you know, negative impacts. One of the worst ones is child trauma where they've been abused and even accidents or other things that have upset us in our life. It can make us run outside our authentic self, like a train going off the track. That's what the effects of trauma can do to people. Mm. And trauma sits in the muscle cells of the body. So it affects our muscle cells. It can also affect our fascia in our body, which goes everywhere through our body and also our nervous system. And all those things can have huge, huge impacts. So, you know, we need to try and take care of trauma as soon as possible after it's happened. But the child abuse and things like that, it's really, really difficult for people to move on from that. In Mm, fact, mm. you know, they often mimic abusers. Trauma can drop off from one generation to another, not just experience new karma, but it can come with you through your soul generationally karma is something different karma is those bad things that you do in your life the murders the frauds the deceptions the rapes the abuse the hate crimes the adulteries all those sort of things will build your karma and that sits in the organs of your body any organ so it could be in your heart but you don't know it's there and you would know that a lot of people have died for what seems to be no apparent reason they might have had a heart attack 
but they've had a wonderfully healthy life, you know, done exercise every day, loved and lived life. But there's a bit of karma in there mm. that has ended their life. Even death, drug supply, trafficking, all those sorts of things, even smaller things will leave an effect of karma in your body. And it's not nice. Mm. It can cause illness. The effects of karma can come out somewhere else in the body that's not sitting in the organ uh, where the karma is. I think the difference between energy healing and the allopathic is the chakra system. I call it the energy system. It's a bit like a drain pipe. So each of the seven centers within the physical body, if it's blocked somewhere, it's going to stop that energy moving somewhere else. And so where it, the symptom appears doesn't necessarily align with what is happening because it could be in a completely different place because the flow of energy is not moving around the body and so much of it I mean like with my own experience with yourself there was trauma that I was not aware of a lot of people associate trauma with a memory of physical abuse or something like that but it can be a tone of voice or an action that as a child, you take on, I was listening because I'm part of a, a mindset mastermind. And this man, he was French. And he was saying that when he was 10 months old, his mother slipped on the ice and it broke both his legs. I guess he's mid 40s. In that time in France, 45 years ago, they separated him from his mother. Oh. And that left a huge yeah. trauma. And it was the understanding of that that actually really helped him release things. He knew it happened, but not knowing the effect. And it, it's appreciating how, as you say, the cells, the fascia, the nervous system take all this on. And it's kind of like a protection. And the ego comes into don't do this, do this, don't do that to help us move on in the world. But actually, it's limitless. And so the work you're doing is important to release us to feel free it is releasing trauma is a huge thing and you're right it, it doesn't have to be a big thing for trauma to attach to your body um, yeah. you know that's it's a spiritual thing as as karma is and you're right you know just the breaking the legs would have been a traumatic experience um, but then to be taken away from your mum that's a huge impact on one's life mm. and and it does affect people deeply all trauma does a little bit. One little bit adds to another and all of a sudden you've got a whole lot of it sitting in your body. And it does have an illness effect. And it can be just beautiful people to have that trauma lifted because it does align you. You know, aligning your chakras is aligning your body. Your chakras sit out in your seventh aura, all in a line. Just imagine a big circle. Your chakras can be all over the place. You've had a lot of trauma in your life or small bits of trauma in your life. Add karma in there as well that's also going to affect your chakras. Yeah. And they can be all over the place. So it can take quite a bit to align them, to bring mm -hmm. them back in and then lock them in place. And locking is quite a big part of the process because you need to lock them so they don't start working that out again. <laughs> but I, I can promise that once they're aligned and in place, they will not move again. And your chakras won't get unaligned and you'll send up the dimensions which is what you need that's just a, an awesome awesome feeling it's like taking a heavy coat off yeah but you know, not everyone's going to experience the same some people whether it's aligning their chakras or lifting trauma um, rhythm alignment energy meridian repair they respond in different ways some people just have this most beautiful feeling 
they have so much more energy. I've had clients comment that some people actually are surprised and just how nice and that can be detrimental to them because they are not quite sure why someone has this amazing energy and it can be off-putting to some people that know, know them. Yeah, the change can be immense or it can be slight. Everyone can be quite, quite different. And it will come at different times. I mean, because I noticed, I say it was probably, what, nine days ago, Saturday, week ago, I had my session with you. And it was almost like yesterday, I felt an urge and open to like getting all the ducks in a row, because I feel ready now. There's been inertia for a while. And I've enjoyed it. But it's moving at a faster pace now. So I definitely feel as if things are moving. So when did you have your energy surge? Was it about nine o'clock in the morning? Yes. Or was it later than that? Yeah. Okay. So we provided another energy top up for you that time (laughs) in the morning. Um, Oh, wow. There were a number of things physically in your body and your organs that need healing, right? So I went back and checked to see how progress was going. And You'd absorbed all that energy that was given to you. So you got a big, powerful surge of energy from our guides through me um, oh my goodness. that, that morning. <laughs> um, you're welcome. And that is another thing that I do. I do keep an eye on people that I've provided healing to, to see how things are progressing. So I can do that through my guides, or I can go and talk to your soul. I can talk to your fascia, or I can talk to your cells, which is awesome things to do and they are the spiritual parts of our body Mm. we want to put a bit of twist on the conversation we've got our soul we've got our cells our fascia and also our chakras they're all spiritual components of our physical and spiritual body and i can talk to all those and it was only about maybe a month six weeks ago um, that i learned that i could talk to chakras but when you're actually able to talk (laughs) talk to the very thing you're opinion and views and understanding of actually how they are and what they do changes and I'm not going to get into that and I can talk to people in small groups and things like that but what I know of chakras now is completely different of what I did know of them based on reading and understanding yeah it's nice to have that direct contact with those parts of the body to get just immense information there's a lot of questioning goes on in my life as you can understand (laughs) But I've got all these abilities to talk to different things, spiritual, and, you know, I could spend every day just asking questions and finding out Mm. information, but I've got other things to do as well. It is awesome, and I can truly appreciate for many, many people out there, them not understanding, but that's fine. Everyone to their own, and I fully appreciate and respect other people's feelings and understandings. Can you differentiate between the soul and spirit? One and the same, okay. Personally, the soul to me is the gatekeeper of our physical and spiritual body. So that is part of spirit. So when we pass, we move back into the universe, if you like, back home into our spiritual world where we are spirit, whether that's light and energy or whatever. The soul is a part of spirit, if you like. They've been asked to come down and be part of the human body, Mm. but they control it. So if we didn't have a soul, we wouldn't be alive. So the soul was one of the first things that come into our lives. So as soon as the baby's through the birth canal or with a caesarean, as soon as it's out of the physical body, the soul enters our body. I thought it enters beforehand at conception. No, 
No, so there's various other things that happen. So on conception, um, like when the egg and sperm meet, the cell nucleus will start talking with spirit. That's the first spiritual contact. Um, they'll talk to a realm called re and vice versa. Cell membranes and the fascia will talk with re. So that happens at conception as well. The soul comes at birth and then the chakras come at birth but after the soul. So that's the way it works. Yeah, so some things spiritually happen from conception, but the soul comes in as soon as we're born in the world. I guess so, that and, makes and sense because it animates us. We need that component of us to live, to survive. Yeah, very, very, very beautiful talking to our souls. And talking to our souls is something, if I'm doing a healing like I did with you, then I will speak to your soul first to get permission. We don't have to because it's for the person's highest good. Yep. So that's accepted, and they know what's coming in. But it's up to the soul to place that energy into the physical body. So I've got lots of names written down for lots of souls. <laughs> that I, wow, must be fascinating. I'm just intrigued. Do we come in with a blueprint with a lesson to learn or a way yes. of living? Yeah, we do. And there's a realm actually just dedicated to that. Pre, which is PR and three E's, the sort of preparing people's abilities. Not everyone gets prepared. That's one bit, but there's the first six years of a child's life are critical. Now, this is written in books, yeah. but spiritually it is true also. That that is a, an incredibly large part of a child developing its journey and pathway in life. Mm -hmm. Now that's also spiritually guided. So there's a realm that deals with that and it's not pre. So it's important that a child, as much as possible, is built up with all the values in life of love, of connection, of understanding God, spirit, and good food, what's right and wrong. That is a foundation for life. It's the foundation for the journey and the person they will be and become. There's just so much in those six years that are so very, very important. Mm. But it's tough. It's tough for so many people. But even any pathway can then have trauma, jump in and put that out of perspective. It makes it even harder. So even though we've got a pathway, it can have a speed wobble a little bit, but hopefully we get right on the plane. We all have a journey. It's developed early in life, but it's also up to us to try and determine what that journey is, to listen for it. We have the ability to listen and know what's right and wrong. Most people do know what's right and wrong, yet they'll go down the pathway of wrong. And it has repercussions. And that soul can keep coming back with that negative energy, that trauma and the karma in it until the person that that soul is with learns. It can just go round and round and round. I think um, a big thing in all this is, and I also find it with my own work in personal development, if we learn to look after ourselves, but we are of a mindset that we don't do anything until the shit hits the fan, basically. And so with parenting, I know for myself, I started my degree because I wanted to understand my children more. Now, yeah, I fucked up big time. If I could go back again, I'd do it differently. But that was obviously part of the journey for me and my children. I believe our children choose us as part of their own journey as well. But if the parents are more aware of 
themselves, then they're not going to project their own pup onto their children, which makes the children's journeys harder. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's huge. And it's taught in many, many programs that if you're more negatively aligned, your kids are going to take that on board and be exactly the same. Mm. It's so important to cherish your children, to love and support them. And I know it's terribly, terribly hard for some, but they've got to know that love is there. Yep. They've got to know that they can be surrounded by love and love can prevail mm. over the bad. You know, even if children are taught that life's going to be hard for you and you might find that later in life, you might have a tough upbringing based on the circumstances that your parents have, but they need to know that there is another way, there is another direction, there, there is good, there's love out there. So it's terribly important. It's part of upskilling a child's life mm. when they can comprehend what we're saying, that we teach them about the world, about ourselves, about human nature and right and wrong. It really brought it home to me. I can remember there was an incident when my son was 15 and something was happening and it had an effect on the way that other people from the outside would see me because he behaved in a certain way. Children, particularly teenagers, are really good at bringing it home to you and boys because they're in your face. And he said, it's not about you, mum. It really woke me up and it's like, yeah. That's that unconditional love that you have to separate yourself and see the experience from an observer, see where that person is coming from, what's happening, the behavior and the entire environment. And you've got so much more empathy. It was a huge learning curve for me, but it was a blessing. I think life is a blessing all, all in itself, but it yeah. can be damn hard work. But, you know, like I was saying earlier, we know there is a better way. I mean, look at gangs. A lot of what they do is wrong, but they do some good. But they yeah. can change their ways if they wanted to, And it, but it's just pressure. Peer pressure, group pressure, work pressures to do things that we don't want to do. We know the energy. We know where we should and shouldn't be. And we should never be afraid of moving out of one space into another space if it's for our good. And it's such a hard thing to do sometimes. You know, if you're in the wrong job, you want to move out. Well, you should because, you know, you don't want that space to affect your well-being mm. because it can. We just need to know how easily our health and well-being is affected by doing things that we shouldn't be doing and being places that we shouldn't be. Part of helping our pathway in life. We're here to experience life but we're also here to take control as well. And we need to try and do that and not be afraid. Look at me, crikey deck. I, you know, it's taken many months for me to build up income of being laid off, being reliant on my partner. Vanessa is the main income earner now. Well, I'm starting off a new business and developing it, getting websites going. It's, it's a shock to the system, but we make it work. And at this time of life, we've got a reasonably big mortgage it's not what I wanted. But there's always ways to make it work with the help of others. We can change our pathway and we can be guided. There is someone up there that it should be for our highest good. Answer our prayers. I can remember this gang leader that I worked with. And basically he came because he was physically, mentally and emotionally exhausted. And he had removed himself because of that and was hiding in the hills and had basically gone for help. And 
the horses were another way to give him a different perspective to see it outside the environment he was used to. So it helped change his own perception. Oh. That would have been a huge step for him to trust like yourself, trusting that if it feels right in the body, you feel energised is to go with the flow. And because we've been so conditioned to work in a certain way, it's so important for the way that we evolve. It is. There's a couple of things there. Yeah, we're responsible for our journey, but it's easy easy to be influenced. And it comes back to that subconscious mind and the mindsets that we're used to living in. But we can jump outside that box and more consciously do what we know should be done, as hard as those decisions are. And animals are a huge part of helping to change people's perceptions in life. They're comfort. You know, they have a different energy. And horses are so good at sensing you. There's no agenda, unlike us humans who are trying to make sense of everything. They are there, definitely there in the moment, but they pick up the energy and they mirror our behaviour back to us. It never fails to astound me what happens. Yeah, I had a horse, no. a mother and no. daughter, and this horse walked by, stopped, pooed and walked on. And she said, that's exactly what she does to me. She just dumps all her shit on me. You cannot contrive a situation like that. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, unless you've had those things happen to you. It is hard to explain, and a lot of things in life are just like that. But there is a reason. I mean, to an animal, it's a weaver like with spirit. Everything's a vibration. Yeah. So it's like illness. And if you like my guides, they will determine in a body, they will listen to the cells and determine what's right and wrong. There's a vibration. So every different part of the body has a different vibration. We all have a unique vibration and that vibration will change depending on our level of health, our mood, what we're thinking in the in the horse, etc. We'll pick that up. So try and think good things, love and compassion, etc. When you're around a horse, they'll pick that up. And with, with any animal, it's just important that when we are communicating that we respect that vibration because that vibration is always with us. Our spirits are looking for our vibration to identify something that's wrong in the body. Mm-hmm. Okay, because cells are everywhere. You know, there's just no space really in the body where they're not. So they're the catalyst in healing us. I communicate with them, they'll talk to me, they can tell me what's wrong. But a lot of that's on asking questions. Whereas spirit, they don't talk as such, they get that vibration. You can think of a friend, all right? Yeah. And my spirit guides can link to your friend because you're thinking of that friend. You've got a vibration that connects to your friend. And that is unique as well. Okay, so we can pick that up. Wow. If you're talking to me about someone that's ill, I can pick up on who that is. And we can then advise what's right or wrong, whether their chakras are out of alignment, et cetera, et cetera. So the power of vibration is just amazing when we have this own grounding vibration, but then that changes or whatever part of our body might be unwell or dysfunctional or diseased. Yeah, it's very, very clear to spirit. Tesla was well before his time, wasn't it? Because basically it's all about vibration, isn't it? Yeah. Frequency. Energy Energy is everywhere and everything that we can see, like everything has a consciousness, everything is energy. Even what we can't see, there's energy, of course, because there's light waves, there's sound sound waves, there's spirits. The, the joy of people that have actually seen spirit or something spiritual 
is proof in the pudding that they're there. I'm lucky enough to have experienced a group of angels and it's just the most beautiful sight. And that was there for the reason that they just wanted to confirm to me that, that they were real. That's just really cool and something that I will never, ever forget. And the vibration that went with that was just huge. It rendered me absolutely useless. I was vibrating at such a <laughs> high level. But it's, it's cool to experience things like that. You know, the power of energy is just huge. And some people say, well, how the hang can energy heal? Because it's all linked. Yeah. Energy is energy. Energy can heal. Energy can do so much. You know, I can protect well, we can protect with energy from viruses and things like yeah. that. But we can also heal. It's just energy in another form. Yeah. It can be used in so, so many different ways. It's absolutely amazing. Believe in the power of energy to heal the, the physical and the spiritual body. It's uh, absolutely amazing. Fantastic. You're going to have an amazing journey. And for the few times that I've spoken to you, you you're more and more energised every time I speak to you. So. <laughs> Have you had a book or a person recently or from the past that has actually influenced you? Dolores Cannon, or oh, she's written several books. She would regress clients into their pasts, yep. so their previous soul journeys, lives, uh, to try and determine if something in that life affected their situation, their poor health in this life. And she wrote books on that because she was talking with spirit through her clients. Mm. And she would have all sorts of amazing journeys. Mm. Yeah, She was understanding the universe. She wrote the books in order that people could learn and understand. Absolutely amazing author. She's deceased. Some beautiful, beautiful journeys and some wonderful, wonderful information. And I've actually answered some of the questions that she couldn't, uh, which is pretty, pretty cool to do when you've got that ability to deal directly, to talk directly wow. with spirit. You know, as I said before, I could spend all my day just asking questions and finding <laughs> out about the, the universe. But uh, I've got a, got a healing job to do. Got to finish my health and wellbeing practitioner course. Is there a quote or something that you find inspiring? Not any particular one, Philippa. Yep. I think if I was to say anything, search for your true self. Speak your truth. Be influenced by those that are doing good and making sense, that are not focused on power and greed, and be in the tribe with the right vibe and be loving to family. If you've had trouble with family, you know, try and hook up again. Bring some love. Be the one that takes the responsibility and reconnects. It can be so, so important. And families can be funny. They can switch you off as easy as anything, and it's such a shame. Such yeah. a such a same I would just say try and reconnect if you can. Fantastic. Reconnect. I'm sure you've had your highs and lows, obviously, particularly in the last year. What do you do to get yourself out of a funk? <laughs> out of a funk. Well, I, I don't get into them as much as I used to do, it's fair to say. I think breathing is a really yeah. good thing, and it's something that I've learned so much about on this course. Breathing is such a life changer. It, it levels you, it grounds you, it gets the oxygen. In it's calming, it helps the nervous system, and there's good ways of doing it. Those deep breaths to get that energy right through into the lower part of your lungs is just huge. And good sleep, you know, try and find systems that help you sleep better. Healing the body and mind is more than just one thing. 
Yes. Although we all, I suppose, sell what we believe in. I certainly sell what I believe in. And as we said before, not everyone's going to believe in that, but I certainly do. <laughs> I do now more than I ever ever done because it's, I'm well it's opening so, so, your mind. So involved. It's opening Sorry. your mind to all possibilities, which is part of the opening to my podcast anyway. Talking of which, yeah. if I was your fairy godmother, not that you need one now with the connections that you have, is there one thing you'd like to change in the world? And if so, what would it be? Yeah, it's quite big. It's the need of war. Yeah. Um, I see absolutely no reason in today's society that we need to be killing each other. And it's all based on the terrible, terrible darkness of those people that are instigating that. Yeah, I would love to help anyone that's hurting other people, particularly children. Children are so vulnerable. They can't always protect themselves. That You've got people picking on them and doing nasty things, you know, smuggling them, trapping them, abusing mm. them. It's just shocking. I would love to change that. So get rid of any, any need of war. We're an intellectual being. We can get around that need. And we can be more like all the other beautiful beings in the universe. And there's plenty of planets out there with life on them. We can be more like them. We are quite unsophisticated in comparison. Interesting you say that because I went to Wellington um, last week and saw all the models from the Gallipoli exhibition at Te Papa Museum. I couldn't get out there quick enough because the heavy energy. And nowadays, and you think all the wars are, what a waste of bloody life. And it's all to do with possession, owning something. And how can a human life be worth less than possessing a piece of land or whatever it is. It's futile. And you listen to some of those war veterans, you know, who are in their late 90s, how they completely spoiled their lives. They came back different people. We were not aware of post-traumatic stress disorder and things when they came back and they had to slip into society with all that stuff. It's just horrendous. So, yeah, I totally 100% agree. It's all about love and compassion raising our vibration to one that embraces everybody. Indeed it is. And I, I would love to lift all that dark negative energy from people like that and places like that. And we talk about gangs. Prisons is another place. I'd love to love to refresh those places and change the energy in situations like that. But, oh, so many houses have got a nasty dark energy, negative energy in them too. You know, I feel a responsibility to help clear those. So the people that come into them, you know, can have a much better life. It does move on to the people that move in. So yeah. you got a bad feeling about a place? <laughs> Let me know. And, well, uh, I had a good feeling about because I've moved in the last three months and you said there was some bad energy there. So I cleansed my house twice because you came back and said it's still there. So that's good. Yeah. And there's such a wealth to all the work that you do, Keith. So I will put in the show notes a link to your website directly connected so people can reach out and see some of the stuff that you do but highly recommend any kind of connection with you there's a, a vast array thank you so much and to all your guides for transforming you into being the human that you are today in order to help humanity thank you 
Thank you, Philip. A very, very kind words. And I, once again, I appreciate the time that you've given me, the opportunity that you give me to be able to uh, sort of pronounce all this information. So yeah, there's lots more there and respect to everyone. Awesome. Thank you. Bless you. Take care. I hope our conversation sparked your intrigue and that you'll explore ways to recalibrate your own energy. The sheer magnitude of the mysterious world beyond what we've experienced thus far is colossal. Next week, I'll be talking to sustainability consultant Leo Murray about the everyday actions and attitudes we take that impact our relationship to ourselves and the world around us. Make sure you follow or subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out. All feedback and reviews are much appreciated, as are your suggestions for subjects or guests you'd like me to consider. Just email me on info at So, until next week, dig deep, open your mind to a world of possibilities, live life with a generous heart and take steps to minimise waste and maximise your own potential. 